Hello and welcome to Vitamins for Breakfast, the podcast that aims to feed your soul and create connection through conversation. This is episode one of Diversity Beyond Borders with John. John is an animator, personal trainer, and a wise soul who aims to nourish young minds through his experiences and understanding of the world. On today's episode, he gets very candid of what life really looks like in the UK as not only a man of color, but of Caribbean descent. Let's get started. John is from London. Where in London are you? Well, actually, don't get too specific. You're in the UK, but you're in London. Yeah. Because I so, was like, don't don't tell people where you're really at because they might come looking for you. Well, yeah. Well, we'll say we're on the south side. Okay, you're on the south we'll side. So what the what's south, the so. what's the south side of London like? Um. So I would say it's 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 very diverse i'd i'd give it that it's it's got a big a lot of culture it's got sort of like your richer parts and your more impoverished parts mm-hmm. but people generally are just like on the grinds trying to like do their best to you know live a good quality of life and yeah yeah i would it is i would say it has a very big sort of like community spirit Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the bigger boroughs, if not the biggest borough um, in London. So, yeah, there's a lot of different communities. We can't pen it all into one. Um, right, right. But yeah. Which is very similar to New York, the way you describe it, at least, because in New York, it's like we have all these boroughs and they're, they're all kind of different and unique in a certain way. Um, some are more united than others some are more um disoriented (laughs) than others to say the least um so it is nice that you guys seem to have a community where you are working together and you care about your community i'm just curious about um like what is what is your area like in reference to nationalities or ethnicities well you you said you see a little bit of of everything but like what does that really look like yeah so you've got your sort of your your main community so you'll have your black afro-caribbeans and your um african communities mm-hmm. your asian whether it be um south or east asian but mostly south asian i would say it's it is very broad because it's london so you're going to have a bit of everything from all over europe right, but you right. do have your your sort of your main sort of communities um mm-hmm. based on that and then of course you have your predominantly like caucasian um Right. Community. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. I'm curious uh, for you specifically. Um, you're Car- Caribbean. Well, you have you're biracial, but you were predominantly raised in a Caribbean household, Jamaican specifically. Um, exactly. And I know there's a lot of Jamaicans on that side too, which I personally didn't know until like I really started looking into London and seeing that damn, there's a lot of Jamaicans that that went to that side of the world like what what's a little bit of the history on on that like with that sense of diversity on that side you know yeah so um for those who don't know (laughs) i I would i can give it to you from my my point of view and then sort of like an overview so Mm -hmm. originally i'm from manchester up north Mm -hmm. so how my manchester boy (laughs) y'all Northerner. Um, so yeah, my family. <laughs> oh, Northerner, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, came over from Jamaica 
in like the 70s um, that was very popular after the Second World War for um, Afro-Caribbeans to come over to help uh, rebuild the country basically after the war and these opportunities came to um, people from different islands but predominantly I'd say from Jamaica so they would come over on the ships they would work um, and normally it'd be like the the man or the woman would come over work um, save up enough money to then bring their families or their significant others over um, to obviously have a better quality of life whatever that is right uh, right <laughs> more, more opportunity should i say maybe not better quality of life because yeah i don't see no no mango trees and coconut trees you so, know i was thinking about yeah. that today i was having um not to get not to get off topic but uh third world countries i hate that term because it's like third world countries is like kind of has this connotation where it's like they're behind but i'm like what what scales are we measuring on though because these people have good quality of air they have all these plants around them you know they seem to be more spiritually connected like how are they really behind you know what i mean like if anything we're behind like we're so disconnected from source and how are we gonna put you know what i mean like i got so angry today i had like a thought like how dare we call these people third world countries or whatever you know like try to put them below this modern day belief or acceptance of what the world is supposed to look like does that make sense yeah so i would i would break it down to being like we like to categorize things don't we so Mm -hmm. in order to understand there's always a hierarchy of top to bottom and anywhere money rules the world unfortunately so anywhere that has the most money is of course seen at the top of the pyramid and then anywhere below is at the bottom but of course a lot of the resources and riches come from these third world countries mm-hmm. and fuel and power the first class citizens of the world which yeah. like if we come back to the my like my grandma and granddad coming over um from jamaica um, to help rebuild Great yeah. Britain mm. and to work in this country was it benefited them in terms of earning money but it benefited the UK even more, more. Than anyone. Yeah. exactly so yeah. we're always I would say these countries in terms of like these first world countries are always stealing from or using the resources from these third world countries. Right, right. So it's like the irony is that you label them almost in a category of not being worthy, but yet they are the source reason why you're able to live the life that you live. You know what I mean? So I completely identify with that because I also, of course, come from an immigrant background where people are coming from a third world country to live a better life. But like you like you said, like the quality of life here compared to how they're living in Jamaica or Dominican Republic, for example, it's like it's not it's I'd rather be there, you know what I mean? But I think I was curious also about what is it like for like Latinos out there? If I go to London, will I see another Dominican person or is that like rare? So, like, are we rare? It is a rarity. Um, Damn. To be honest, it, you would like, there are Latin um, communities and mm-hmm. 
of course there's sort of like a niche scene for that and they all I would say any country that has sort of like a route of course that's not based originally in the UK and I'd this would go for any like big um country or city they kind of build communities within that so they make like a so like you have a Chinatown yeah yeah we all over the too. world and stuff like yeah, that yeah um like I would say a big community that's coming up now are like the Filipinos so you'll have like yeah. restaurants dotted all over um, with the South Asians they have like um, loads of shops around that will sell that sort of food but they're all within like one area so with the the um, the, the Latino community that you would always from when I was younger you would always have like these these Latin um, club nights these raves that were exclusive to that um, music from that part of the world and right. um, I'd say the the biggest sort of connection you may find here would be like Mexicans for some reason when it comes to Latino the only representation that's like widespread is usually Mexican and like I yeah. think everyone just has this mentality like oh like if you're Latina then are you Mexican and it's like there's more than just Mexican, but I, I noticed exactly. that Mexicans are very widespread. So so not like widespread, but the popular spot. So if you were going to get the food, majority of the time, you're, you're only going to find Mexican food mm. as like a Latin representation. And then you're going to have like loads of little niche spots mm. that are going to sell food from the other um, Latin countries, but they are a niche. Like, Got you. So they all kind of combine together. You, so I guess you would have like, you may say a group, but they, but they might not all be from the same um, countries. Got you. So would yeah. you say that that is one of the many differences between, I would say, um, America and London or the UK, where it's that like, you come to New York and you will find a little bit of everything here versus like in London, it seems that like if you want latino food it's like mexican food is what you have predominantly is that like one of the biggest differences you've noticed while being there and seeing things online and you're like damn i wish i could have some of that or see that yeah but i would also say a lot of it's not authentic it's very commercialized mm, so it's like it's a taco bell safe. that's only recently come to like the uk in the past like maybe 10 15 years the first mm -hmm. one i think was actually in manchester for years and then about three four years ago one came to my local area mm -hmm. and then i've seen them pop up in different places but mm -hmm. um i would say it's to do with of course the native taste buds uh, british people traditionally like can't handle spice or <laughs> like flavor like the the running gag is that you might just season your food with like salt and pepper and then anyone with a background <laughs> elsewhere would just like kind of look at that like you call that seasoning okay <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that seems to be like international because everyone makes fun of like caucasians or white people here if all they use to season some chicken is salt and pepper you're looking at them like where is the spices where are the ingredients you know what i mean that's that's exactly. crazy that that's like widespread, but it doesn't surprise me because it seems like a lot of things are widespread, um, like uh, racial issues that seems to be across the globe. Um, and I think 
the more conversations that we're having now in the media, you realize that there's so many places that have been having the same problem as well, but nobody talks about it. Um, Specifically, the Black Lives Matter movement here in America, I think has been um, just, it's created such a big wave across the world that we're like, wait, this is happening in London? This is happening like in all these other places? And it's like, damn, it just feels like there's things that are widespread that it leads you to think like, damn, like, how did this happen? So I'm curious of what that is like on your side, especially experiencing it individually as a person of color, um, what that's like on on your ends, how you guys say. Yeah, <laughs> all right, all right. I see you down with the lingo. Um, it is a weird one because, of course, like, people of color were invited to this country, mm. but it was met with... Um, hostility in many parts yeah like for a long time people of color were here to help rebuild a country that was battered by a gender that was um, like against equality and race in you know the Nazis and what they were all all about Um, to then have people that are here to make honest livings and to help the country rebuild be sort of like shit on yeah and seen as inferior to the people of course that were there already but as any country sort of like their history I should say of any country is those people of course are not originated there like Mm -hmm. I'm sure before um, Britain was like predominantly Caucasian there was something else here or nothing at all and people settled here and then of course someone comes in changes sort of what goes on in the country but um, yeah I would I would say tensions from from all the way back then yeah but it's like so say like when the first uh, Afro-Caribbean people came to the UK like maybe a rough estimate maybe like 50 plus years ago um, let's call it like 50 to 60 plus years um, it was met with hostilities of course, we had the same problems as we weren't allowed to use facilities that whites would use. Right, you right. weren't allowed in certain places. There was segregation. Mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. um, racial crimes against people of color. Right, um, right. And the fact is, is this would be the same for not just black people, but Asian people, because within the British Empire, I would say the black and the Asians specifically, maybe like originally like your Indians, mm-hmm. there was that whole link between them. So you'd be treated in that same vein as like everyone's in one bubble. Wow. Be it like even the Irish. Um, I know from like other hearing other stories from people's parents and stuff, there were like signs up that were saying like, 
no no uh no irish no dogs no blacks maybe not specifically in that order but that right, that would right, be right. like the signage and it's like people are being put in the same category as animals mm-hmm. and if you now go to a shop today and you see no dogs allowed you can only sort of like think back like wow once upon a time like i wouldn't have been allowed in this shop as well as yeah. dog right, and right. i'm sort of grateful now that i didn't have to endure what the generations before did mm-hmm. but of course there's still some really serious issues today that i've personally experienced friends of experience and then even people of course you're going to you're going to feel for the people that look like yourself mm-hmm. um experience on a day to day whether it be sort of picking on a demographic for their skin color and categorizing them for say like crimes yeah so you you have a a code word for a particular type of person and before you do some serious investigation you're just hand picking people just in case they've done something and you know um mm. that's sort of like where we're at today like this was of course when when i was younger say like in my teens like 10 12 years ago this stuff was happening and mm. i still see in media today that youths are still treated in that same way right. by authorities and then the bigger bubble is there's populations of the the united kingdom in particular that still have a very backwards mentality in terms of they own this country and right. they don't want anyone else coming in or they don't want um sort of anything tarnished or their history um put in their face as being racist but they're blatantly you, racist that's exactly what i want to get into because um what's that guy on instagram i forget his name that like uh munya yeah so i was on his um instagram yesterday because he told me like he has a bunch of stuff like to start watching his stuff and yeah. he does a lot of comedy satire comedy on the racist public figures that you guys have there we see the racism here but it's like dressed up here like that it's not that but it is we all know it is that but then to see it on your end and see like damn like they have public figures who want to hold on so much to their idea of what the UK should look like it's to a point now where it's blatantly disrespectful and and it almost feels like although you have these signs that's like dogs are not allowed and it doesn't specifically say people of color as well it still feels that way though cuz i don't know about you even when i go into a store sometimes i still feel like i'm watched i still feel like i'm followed sometimes i just feel like there's still like this lingering yeah. this lingering feeling of everything that generations before us had to deal with but it's like not in our face but it's still happening like behind closed doors you know what i mean like it's just subtle so subtle signs of the past yes exactly say that again you said subtle signs of the of past, the past. Damn, that would be a good album, uh, a good mixtape title. 
that or a book or something <laughs> yeah damn who knows yeah right um but yeah that's what it feels like it feels like this lingering feeling of the past when you just move around as just a person of color and i feel it here in america and i can't imagine what it's like there especially like you said when people of color have contributed to build up the uk especially coming there with the energy yeah. of equality and trying to help and then to just get slapped in the face and then to see that it's still happening today now where it's just more public now because of the access to the media and stuff like that uh it's just crazy I would say social media of course has made these mm-hmm. we're going to call them trolls these racist trolls <laughs> it's made it's made it easier for them to say their piece because they hide behind freedom of speech initially right. mm-hmm. um but of course when they're being hateful and they're spouting all this racist nonsense it shows an insecurity within them I would say personally Mm-hmm. uh because these races come from all walks of life whether they be impoverished um living in like social housing and they're like um on a fund like uh, a job seekers allowance which are is for like people that don't have jobs and they they receive money each month to help them you know maintain their lifestyle those sort of people i'd say they can be like the most hateful ones and the most loud because they feel unjust that probably they're in their own country and they're not living a top quality of life so mm-hmm. you tend to see them be like the loudest in that format and then you have of course like more institutionalized racism yeah of course i would say this one's more widespread like you would relate the most today in terms of like opportunities for people of color um in the workplace or yeah. in places of power um there's always going to be that um, that struggle um and it's sort of like there to keep what they see as a balance um so that they can keep control of what they have going on it's crazy that you said that because we have caucasians here who feel so affected by the fact that we're here and they and and they want to protect their their patriotic beliefs and it's like you guys are doing the same thing that we're doing essentially let's say like oh these are leeches of the system but you guys are all on public housing or um taking assistance from the government as well i just think you're taking advantage of your opportunities but if someone of color takes advantage of the opportunities that also are afforded to them it's like oh we're you're just a leech or You know what I mean like I don't believe that like Caucasians or white people don't have the ability to see clearly because clearly we have we have white people who are allies who understand that there's clearly an inequality here and speak up against it but then you exactly. have like these people who are just choosing to be blinded um by a lie because a lie feels better than the truth you know what I mean and then so it's just yeah. it's just a weird way it's a weird time to be in where you have parallel realities happening at the same time these people are in par- are so old too like they're like uh, they're so ancient like how do you still have these belief systems and all this being ran by people who are nearly dead like well, it's looking crazy. like a looking like a, a sith lord <laughs> yes like the they're, they're looking for that eternal um life yes yes they're, they're, it's like they're holding out 
to find that immortality but all you can like really do is mm -hmm. see these people for what they are and hope that you can educate the younger generations to not copy these patterns because mm -hmm. they clearly don't work and you will always have a, a push against any sort of suppression of, of um, a person it's like I, I do have to recognize and shout out to the people that are not being complicit with like these these people's agendas in thinking that they own the world yeah. and thinking that people are lesser than them because of their skin color and that we fit a cog within their bigger machine um, because hey, if you take those cogs out their machine's not working and I think they're starting to to realize like yeah yo like they, they're trying to maybe seen it's seen as like appeasing the masses because we're being so loud yeah. but we're just being consistent with our message like black lives matter anyone that has a problem with that term like yeah you need to sit down and read a book you know go educate yourself because what that means the whole yeah the, the whole the whole movement people are like misconstruing it to be like people are saying that only black lives matter and that's not what it's about the point is is that it doesn't matter therefore it needs to matter we're being killed and it's like every day it just feels like oh another unarmed black man was wrongfully killed at, at the hands of law enforcement and it's just like yeah. yesterday's paper you know you just continue to hear all these things because it's happening so many times and there is no justice there there's a conversation that needs to be had about this you know what i mean and what do you think is going to happen that people who are oppressed or treated as less than are not going to speak and and it's just it's crazy to me because this feels so long overdue and that's why it's it's where it's at you know what i mean where it's like now people are like we're burning shit down it, did that happen on your side like where people were like vandalizing and um it's it's happened in the past where like unjust acts have happened and mm -hmm. there have been like riots and stuff there was a really big one about 10 years ago um and it was mm -hmm. more of people youths that were like were feeling Tired. away yeah and they're the ones with the energy and they were the ones that were like causing all the havoc within London and it made these older people like look down and go like shit what's what's happening these people are going crazy now of course they tried to rope it in and profile as in a particular demographic were causing um, mayhem in London and they tried to put it it's it's a bit like what uh Trump has been doing with the <laughs> the the looting and writing there. Mm -hmm. So it was of that vein. It's like, oh, these are criminals, and anyone that is caught doing this will be met with like the harshest of punishments. Uh, so that was like the same thing here, where people wild out. Um, of course, businesses, communities were destroyed, and unfortunately, they were the communities that these people live in that they were destroying. Same so that, thing here, that yeah. was the backwards sort of thing. So the media spin it to sort of like paint us in a bad light, but it was just a, 
sort of a uh, animalistic reaction to uh, Injust, like we wanted answers. And of course there were people doing it in a more um, civilized manner, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. um, well, of course they see us as barbarians and you know, they they That's see the anything we do. Anything we do is wrong. Because I think for here too, everyone's just like, if we do it peaceful, you don't listen. And if we do it like barbarian-esque, then it's like a problem too. It's just like you can't win at the end of the day. That's what it feels like. It feels like you can't win. And I guess I kind of want your perspective on um, that, you know, when people feel like we can't win, you know, how do we win? Like, what have you been telling yourself i guess because you can only really speak for yourself but like there's a lot of people out here who are younger than us who are growing in this reality and are probably like yo what like what do i how am i gonna get out of this like or how am i gonna navigate the world when i have so many things against me and i don't know if that's ever gonna change like what do you do to keep yourself kind of centered in that conversation personally i'd say it would be continue to sort of progress like and achieve as much as I can as a man of color and sort of represent myself in the best light possible and set examples for the the youths that are coming under us and even anyone of similar age or even above like they do say you can't teach your old dog new tricks, but like, come on, that's that's sort of something somebody said. Right, and right, right. What? That's concrete? No, like, you're going backwards if you think you can't learn anything more um, because you're of a certain age. Of course, some people, unfortunately, they lost causes because they were con <laughs> they've been conditioned for so many years to see the world in a really negative light that that's all they know and yeah. until they get caught out on something um, they'll continue to think that that's the correct way to operate in life yeah. Um, yeah. it's a bit like the other day there's this this racist guy on one of our tube trains spouting um, racial abuse on a on a train carriage to the point where he targeted um three black youths and while they were exiting he continued uh, subsequently he was like knocked out as they left the carriage um and you can see in the person that done it he was wearing a mask as everyone should be on their public transport right now yeah so you can't see his face, but his body language, you could see the, the, the pent up frustration. Mm -hmm. Now they would see it as aggression, a black youth punches Caucasian mm -hmm. male on underground tube. That's the headline, but they're not necessarily breaking down what was going on through that, that youth's mind at that point. Yeah. And of course there, there's a, a bunch of, um, a bunch of people on that carriage that saw what happened but it's not necessarily up to them to tell to the side. truth yeah so all we can do is try and help each other learn and be better people and mm. hope that 
by making minute changes in your life that are a little bit more conscious towards um, changing this narrative of race mm. that the people that come up underneath us see it as a as a norm like I went to a school that was like very mixed like all the way up through my childhood um, into my teens I never saw anybody else like by color necessarily of course there was always like immature sort of like racial conversations but I never looked at somebody as below or on top yeah of me personally but not everybody has that so I would I would say there needs to be more integration more mixture of, of people and it's only gonna come because the world is uh, forever expanding and mixing and yeah. you can't stop that and I guess that's what they're scared of is that yeah. they're they're being diluted if you want <laughs> no yeah absolutely they are afraid they're afraid that their race going to be wiped out in a way where it's like there's not gonna be no pure um strands left of of their of their race it's just and like not to cut not to cut you there yeah, yeah if they'd done their research they would know they're not a pure strand of anything <laughs> yes. the whole of europe is yeah mixed down like the way people migrated and around the world as the world changed and more accessibility to different um, parts of the world became available mm-hmm. everybody's mixed at the end of the day yeah like if you trace if you trace far enough something mixed in there and that's i think that's kind of why with the conversation of race i have such a love hate relationship with it because the whole conversation of race was man-made anyway. You know what I mean? Like people just existed. It was never like, oh, you're this and you're that because we're going back to the whole thing about categorizing. We love to categorize things and put things in boxes. But I say we very lightly because like I said, I think that this wasn't necessarily our idea. Uh, It's just been something, a system that's been ingrained across the world where you just categorize these things. But it's just... Why do we hold on to race so much? And And I guess I say that in reference to you being biracial, there's there's a a level of identity issues that can come in with that because people are going to say well you don't fit enough in this box and you don't fit enough in that box so which box do you fit in and I feel like me being Afro-Latina I deal with that as well because you know I have melanin and it's like okay but like you're not you know African-American though in reference to here you know but it's just like okay but I am Afro-Latina you know so it's just these this whole conversation of race sometimes gets me aggravated because i feel like we're constantly fighting to to be like oh well what are you and well what are you and it's like we're still trying to uphold the very thing that dismantled our entire existence you know what i mean like it's like why don't we care less about the specifics of it like what are you and and where do you fall and focus more on you know what is that what is that person aligned with what do they care about you know what i mean it's just like it's just bothers me because I, I feel like we, we waste so much time um, within society and I'll say as people of color trying to dissect one another and be like yo where do you stand and what do you it's just like let that person's actions show you where they stand do they really care about the community do they care about their people you know what I'm saying because you might have someone who is let's say African-American speaking in America but doesn't care about black issues or African-American exactly. issues so you know it's just like we can't just 
think that oh because we share that that now you're you're valid you know what i'm saying it's like it's just it's so crazy to me because like for your experience that we've, we've talked about it before you being biracial in in london it's it's strange for you because you do have both you know so people are looking at you like well where do you where do you fall john like explain yourself explain yourself to us it's just like i hate that we feel like we even need to uh identify and explain what we are to other people and i guess i'm just curious about your experience growing up biracial but also how you mentioned in the school system how it was mixed what was that like for you um being a kid who's biracial yeah so it is a, a very interesting sort of subject for me personally because i think i never realized that these things existed until one day a form was given to me to hand to my mum to go on a school trip and on the form it had like a category of like you know you put like your name your age your sex and then like it has a little bit that says sort of like your off the top, I can't remember it, but like what was sort of your like your origin, and mm-hmm. it will have like white, black, Afro Caribbean, African descent, other, and I was like, what is other? Right, right. So that was a very sort of like early on representation of of that instance, whereas they used to have other, so I would be other. But then there are also people that are not those first categories listed. Mm. So I'm in with people of other races that are not represented on this form. Now you yeah. can imagine that's confusing to a child. So yeah, that that yeah. sort of like struck up thoughts of what what does that even mean? Sort of like I would, I was offended because I'm not white. I identify as black because I've been brought up as a black man like my mother's black Mm. my family are black so I would tick that box and I wouldn't necessarily tick the other box and then it started to develop where these forms would now say mixed black and white Mm. Afro-Caribbean mixed black and white African and it's like why are you so stuck on specifics of what a mix is or leave a box for somebody to write what they identify with if it's that important to you to know like why do you even need to know what the person's color is Mm -hmm. on the form like Mm Because I understand that, like, on a census form where it's, like, you're trying to figure out for statistic reasons, but, like, yeah. for anything else, I'm just, like, why are these things uh, a part of a questionnaire? What What is the purpose? Exactly. And, and when you, you know, you go apply for a job and it's, like, you got to put your your origin and you're just, like, is this going to deter me from getting this job? Like, so initially, you're already, like, I ain't getting this job because they're judging me already by what I look like and not necessarily my appearance but Mm -hmm. if I fit the demographic they want to fill for that position 
and that would that would be for going to schools jobs or any other thing that required sort of that sort of information so as as a, a mixed race person um there's a weird sort of balance of people will have conversations with you that are very uncomfortable but mm-hmm. you're all right for one of them in that conversation because you're closer to the spectrum than the people that they're talking about are mm-hmm. so you've quite you've kind of got one foot mm-hmm. over the fence so they kind of leave the other part as like irrelevant like okay it's safe to talk to you and anyone that's ever approached me in that manner has always been set like straight like Mm -hmm. are you are are you that sort of ignorant that you think you can have a conversation without knowing a person to talk about other people in a disgusting manner or in a way that you feel that you're so superior and that like it's almost like wow they, they seem as like a house slave the the person that's allowed in the house right 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 oh my god that's so cringe <laughs> that's it's, so it's, cringe it, that's that's how i see it and it's like yeah then there are some some biracial people that haven't been brought up with their black identity their their culture it is missing from their upbringing and they they're brought up like whatever their other mix is whether it be traditionally um caucasian so they have characteristics that match that half of them because the other part may be absent or isn't like always within their available to them yeah and I've had many conversations with mixed race people where they later on have found the other part of them and it opens their world up even more. Like they really immerse themselves into learning about their history and their their ancestors and their cultures even more than um, somebody that maybe has had the advantages of having that in their life because they appreciate mm-hmm. the other half of them they're, they're not as one dimensional as they've been told they are and right, right. like it, it is a problem because there are so many people that don't or I would say are not fortunate enough to have that and they're very there's nothing wrong with it but they're very okay at just accepting that oh like my parent is white I'm white sort of thing so you have a weird balance of people that are fortunate enough to know both sides and some that only know one whereas I personally only know my um, my black side but mm-hmm. I've been fortunate enough to grow up in communities that have all walks of life and I've had friends and have friends of all colours so I will have my white best friend and know how their household runs and my Asian friends and all the other colours under the sun and 
I would say because of it, it's made me what I am because I can appreciate each culture mm-hmm. and each person's upbringing and that see like the beauty within the people themselves and not mm. the color because right. everyone has things that are unique to them yeah. but at the end of the day we all experience life differently differently but individual yeah. to ourselves and it's not for somebody to tell us look you are this so you act this way or mm. look their color so they have this behavioral attribute it's yeah. like you are brainwashed if you think that can run today thank you so much for stopping by for some vitamins on today's episode if you enjoyed it please comment subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and share with anyone you think can benefit from a little vitamins for breakfast